getting older sucks, but midlife doesn't have to. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, here to bring a weekly hour of fun to the middle children of society, Gen Xers. Together, we'll navigate midlife like it's 1999. Welcome to the wrong side of 40. Welcome back to The Wrong Side of 40. I'm your host, Caroline Fardig, and we're going to get bookish today. I'm taking a field trip to chat with the owners of my local bookstore, Blue Stocking Social. I've got an excerpt from my latest novel, Dead Sprint, that I'm going to very dramatically read to you. And then for a nice palate cleanser, my son is back to enlighten us on why kids these days don't seem to feel the need to capitalize any words in their text messages, and why the anti-capitalization trend seems to have spilled over into song titles as well. So grab a comfy chair and relax with me on the wrong side of 40. I am here on location today at Blue Stocking Social. It is a local bookstore in Evansville, Indiana, and is owned by Annie and Matt Fitzpatrick. And they're here with me today. Hi, guys. Hey. And also their dog, Huxley, who is the store dog and is just absolutely as sweet as he can be. He's not going to woof for us now. He was woofing a minute ago. <laughs> but since we are on location, you might hear footsteps above. There's a hair salon upstairs. And I think they're walking around. And I think they're cutting hair. And I think they're they're shooting the breeze. And so we might hear, like, extra little things. But that's okay. That's just part of the part of the game when we do an on-site thing. But um, thank you for letting me come in and yeah, <laughs> invade no your store on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> okay, so I know you have a, a sweet story about how you started the bookstore. Can you tell us? Yeah, really, really everything started in the pandemic that uh, I'm a high school art teacher and I was teaching from home and then Annie at the time. Uh, I was with uh, Evansville Living uh, Magazine. And she was also working from home, so we were both at home um, and just started talking and had the idea of opening up a mobile bookstore, that that was the, the original idea, and started looking for vans or buses or anything like that that we could convert. Um, and then really this space became available, and a friend of ours was the one that was leasing it out, and were realized that it was actually cheaper to open a brick-and-mortar store than it probably would have been to convert a van or a bus into what oh, we wow. wanted. Oh, wow. Okay. And, well, yeah. yeah. And especially now that gas is up, I mean, I yeah. think you're probably true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're actually located in the same building where uh, I used to be part of Honeymoon Coffee. And so they're just upstairs. So I'm, I am I kind of know them from <laughs> that. They, they kind of came in as I was as I was leaving, but um, we would kind of run into each other a little bit. But it's a great old building, yeah. you know, it's a cool um, space. near the University of Evansville. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's a very cool space. And they've, I mean, they've really made it cool. So if you are in the area or come to the area, you need to stop by Blue Swiking Social because it's super cool. And then, of course, get a cup of coffee at Honeymoon upstairs mm-hmm. when you're done. Yeah. So, obviously... You love reading, mm-hmm. if you <laughs> if, if you run a bookstore yeah. and all that. Start with Annie. When did your love of reading start? Um, I I've been a reader pretty much my whole life. Um, it's always been something that uh, I think my parents have kind of encouraged, and like my mom was always reading stories to us at night, and uh, we always go to the library. Um, even like my uh, my aunt would take us whenever we go visit. Um, when, one of the things that we'd always go to is Barnes and Noble to get some books. Fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I, the, my next question was, did someone foster that <laughs> love or turn you onto a book that changed your life? Or was it just your mom and your aunt and just kind of steadily 
always reading? Yeah, I think it's just always been a part of my life. Good. Yeah. All right, Matt. Uh, I actually got into reading at a much later age. Um, my mom encouraged me to read. My mom's an elementary school teacher, so she always encouraged me to read. And I read when I was younger, and like in school, I read every English book we had to read. I wasn't one of the kids that like faked it. Yeah. And, <laughs> I just looked up spark notes or anything like that. Um, but outside of like what was required for school, I'd maybe read like one book over the summer, and that was about it. Um, but it really wasn't until I became a teacher myself. And then I made much more of a conscious effort of reading more because I thought it was important for me to be a good like role model and show kids that, like, hey, like I read sure. too and and things like that. Especially with right now of how tough it is to get high school and middle school kids to read. Oh sure, yeah, well, yeah. I thought that was really important. So I didn't yeah. really start reading on my own um, until I was like in college or just out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was an avid reader as a child. Mm-hmm. My mom turned me on to the Trixie Belden book series because that's something she had read as a kid in the 50s and um, I loved it. I decided yeah. to get my hands on all of them. But then, you know, high school and college, I had to read so many awful, awful, terrible yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate to say that, but like, I just, I didn't want to read anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I waited and then, you know, now. I talk about that with my students all the mm-hmm. time of just, mm-hmm. I will ask them what they're reading and they'll talk about it and I'm like, man, like, I hated that book in high school. If yeah. that was the oh, only yeah. book I knew, like I just would never have gotten into reading. Sure. That. They're still teaching it. Yeah, they're still <laughs> teaching it. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so we opened during COVID. Mm-hmm. So did you find a lot of roadblocks? I mean, I know we had them at Honeymoon. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. just any industry where you have to have people in and out of your store to make it work. Um, what, like, what was a, a roadblock that you were like, oh, had no idea that might happen. I think for us, um, a big rope, not really roadblock, but just a bit of a challenge uh, is kind of our location. Because we have a good location. We mm-hmm. love where we are. But I think because we're in the basement unit that sometimes people overlook us. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so yeah. we have to make sure that. You have big signs. I saw yeah. your new sign. It's very yeah. cute. Thank you. Very pretty. Good. No, yeah, okay. I feel like for things directly related to COVID. Yeah, for COVID. I don't know if we really had roadblocks because it's, it's literally all we've known that we yeah. opened in uh, August yeah. of 2020. So it's, for us, it's weirder in this time where it's kind of like transitioning out of it. Sure. Of like not wearing masks and yeah. not uh and just all the different things that are changing now because when we opened we were already kind of used to that and that's all we knew so mm-hmm. i think it was a lot harder for other businesses that had to go from like oh this is how we've always done things to now we have to do it this specific way yeah i can see where yeah. that would and all we knew was that specific way. On you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay well good yeah. do you have an achievement that you're most proud of that you've had achievement yeah i think that was that was I, I said, a cool moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> evansville living best bookstore voted yeah. on by the tri-state area so yeah, yeah. i mean and it's it, and it was the writing it was too, a writing category really cool. yeah so, so that we had people oh nice so it's actually just people writing in. it and saying like, oh hey, yeah this, that, yeah. this deserves this award even really bigger neat. win yeah definitely okay. okay yeah all right so um was there something maybe not covid related you know that or was there one thing your business has done that you didn't expect? Like, was there a, oh, I didn't think I'd get that out of this. <laughs> I think for me, it's been the connection to the community of just mm-hmm. how many people mm-hmm. um, 
like through our book club and different things like that mm-hmm. of how many people will go through the book club and read it and then at the end be like I would never have read this book and unless mm-hmm. you told me to and like absolutely love the book or um, we've had several people that have come in now that have become some of our biggest customers that mm-hmm. are they're in here weekly buying things and they would tell us that like they didn't even read before we opened oh, and nice. stuff like that well that That's, makes you feel good yeah definitely. yeah that, that kind of stuff is, is just really really cool okay I'd say I'd also I didn't expect people to love our our pets as much as we love <laughs> no, our pets. <laughs> well, they're so sweet. They're always yeah. like wanting to say hi. Yeah, because we'll in. have people call in and ask like which <laughs> yeah. which dogs work in today oh, or something dog. like that. So. <laughs> That's great. Well, now they do have, is it monthly, the Books and Brews? Uh, yeah, Books and Beers is uh, usually the last Saturday of the month. Okay. Yep. Okay, so a little bit kind of digging down in the reading thing. Um, Annie, what's your favorite genre to read? I or think... do you only, do you not have one? <laughs> have <laughs> just one. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of varies, um, but usually if it includes something of like a suspenseful story or a spooky story, mm-hmm. um, I'm usually a very big fan of it. All right, check cool. that out. So I like to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you your... can tell when you look at our shelves, too. Yeah. <laughs> How about yours? Uh, I feel like I'm more of a sucker for nonfiction. Oh, okay. That... Um, I get drawn into self-help books a lot. I feel like I never follow them. I just enjoy reading them. Like, yeah, one day I'm going to do that. Um, That and I like biographies, but um, I feel like since I've met Annie, I've read a lot more fiction than I ever did growing up. Mm -hmm. That I just didn't read much fiction. I usually read nonfiction, but but lately I've been reading a lot of, a lot of fiction. Okay. All right. So what, what's the best book you've read lately? I mean, well, and I guess too, I want to ask, you know, you you follow your own genre, but do you find that, you know, when you know there's this huge book coming mm-hmm. out or you know there's going to be, like, one that everybody's going to talk about, do you make sure that you read that? Yeah. Um, so one genre that I am kind of surprised by how much that I like it, um, I don't really know how to describe it other than it's like a rom-com. Oh, um, yes. I love those two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have read a few of those um, and like one came out this year, uh, Delilah Green doesn't care. And that is a really good one. And I would highly recommend that. I like that but title. it's, yeah, but it's very sweet and it's well-written and like, there's a lot of that witty flirty banter in it. Mm-hmm. That well, it's kind of had a resurgence, the, the rom-com yeah. genre. Cause you know, when, when I first started writing and that was like over 10 years ago, I kind of skewed my first series a little rom com Yeah. And, but that was on its way out and it, you know, like chiclet and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And people were kind of like getting away, like, that's too lowbrow. You can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, and but now there's like this, been this resurgence, and I've read several, yeah. you know, that are like really, really cute and, and good. And, and the, what I want to read, even though it's not highbrow, but it's just good. It's just fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. All right. Best book you've read lately? Um,. I just, a couple months ago, I finished Dave Grohl's memoir, and that one's really good that mm-hmm. I would recommend it to anybody, even if, regard, like, I don't even listen to the Foo Fighters or anything like that, but I, like Foo Fighters. <laughs> um, I listen to him here and there, and that's, like, it, yeah. but I just like Dave Grohl, and his, his memoir is really good. Um, also, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, I read oh, that a couple good? months ago. I it's really it good. I keep seeing it keep seeing it. It's one of those things where, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it eventually because yeah. I've seen it, like, a gajillion times. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's going to, that is our book club yeah. book for this month. Is it? Oh, okay, um, uh, but that was a really, really good one, too. Mm-hmm. It, it feels a lot like an Agatha Christie book, mm-hmm. um, which I, I love Agatha mm-hmm. Christie and kind of murder mystery stuff like that, too. 
Um, but it's got some kind of like sci-fi twists on it, which is cool. Oh, well, I'm mentally making a pile here. <laughs> I'm not going to get out of here very cheaply. And I have to say this, my listeners are the wrong side of 40 crowd, and you guys are the right side of 40. <laughs> but... Um, so do you, like, I know you get asked for book recommendations mm-hmm. all the time. Is there, like, for the over 40 crowd, is there a certain thing that people are kind of digging, you know, on, on that side versus, like, maybe, like, a, a young adult reader, you know? I feel like as far as both of our recommendations go, we usually give the same recommendations regardless. Yeah. Regardless of age, of age okay. Really, right. Yeah, okay. unless they get, unless they say something specifically that they like, like if they're just into a specific kind, then it kind of changes, sure. but. Yeah, and I think the people that have come in, no matter what side of 40 that they're on, yeah. I feel like you find the same books all across yeah. the ages. And it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of neat just to show, like, oh, yeah, like you, you don't ever grow out of the young adult section. You don't have to. Okay. Yeah, well, we yeah, both that's love young adult yeah. books. Yeah, I, yeah. That's true. Um, that's kind of nice. But, yeah, as far as recommendations that, like, our standard recommendations <laughs> that I feel like we kind of joke about it, that we both have, like, four or five books that we recommend yeah. to, like, everybody that comes in. That okay. I know for me it's always Jurassic Park because I love mm-hmm. Michael Crichton, and, okay. and that book's incredible. And The Martian's one of my favorite books, so I usually recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, and any Chuck Palahniuk. Um, oh, yeah, I, I like I love him. Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. And Grady Hendrix I love. Yeah. And, um, Christopher Moore is another one that's a smaller author that I usually recommend because he's really funny. My husband reads a lot of Christopher Moore. Yeah, he's really funny. Like Sacre mm-hmm. Blue, I always recommend. It. It's it's a really great book. And I don't know what your go-to ones are. It always varies. It always depends on... It's usually what you're reading. Yeah, it's usually what I'm reading. <laughs> this is then, my favorite book. Yeah. Well, now this is my favorite book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I get that way too, definitely. Yeah. What is something, and I know you work closely in you know, have to deal with really the publishing and book industry, mm-hmm. but, uh, like in a different way than I do, but like, is there something that they're doing that you'd like them to stop or start doing? I mean, is there something that would make your life as a bookseller easier, you know, that... Um, I think one thing that would be kind of cool, um, whenever you go to like one of the big publishers' websites, they always, when you look at, like look up a book on Penguin, um, it'll show you all the different links to like where to buy and usually Amazon is one of the top links of sure. like where you should go buy it. Um, I think I understand why because Amazon is, is mm-hmm. unfortunately a big part of the book industry but I think publishers kind of separating themselves a little bit out or maybe pushing um, independent bookstores mm-hmm. or like uh, bookshop. bookshop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say book log which is... <laughs> Um, but yeah I think or like linking to something that could help people find like the indies in their area I think that would Mm -hmm. be a cool Mm -hmm. cool little feature yeah yeah I think anytime a publisher or anything like that could kind of stand up to Amazon a little bit because Amazon is so big and so encompassing now I'm sure yeah um really publishers have like no say against Amazon that whatever Amazon wants them to do they have to do it because Amazon can <laughs> oh, go trust through. me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Amazon can go through and just like bury them in yeah. in sales so easily. Um, Absolutely. So it's just scary to see that that like even even a company as big as like Hachette Mm-hmm. Has to has to do whatever Amazon says because I think it was sure. Hachette was the one that they they tried to make a stance. It was either Hachette or Harper Collins, Hachette, I think, yeah. but tried to make a stand against Amazon and Amazon basically just buried their books oh, 
in the the sales the algorithm yeah, yeah in the <laughs> algorithm and then they they dropped so much in sales in like a month that they had to like back down and give Amazon the deal that they wanted oh. and everything but it's it's just crazy to see that kind of stuff yeah oh yeah I mean they you know my fellow authors tell horror stories of like they changed their price just at oh, a whim yeah. yeah and then you get you know a percentage of that price instead of the price that you need it to be <laughs> yeah to make a living and yeah and same thing yeah. too with like book prices that uh, Amazon is completely fine with taking a loss on books oh yeah so then when people come into like a smaller store like this and they're looking at it and they're like how's it 29.99 for a hardcover book and it's like well that's what that's a hardcover book supposed books. to be yeah that's yeah. what a hardcover book costs mm-hmm. and we can't like you can paper costs money yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> crazy yeah all right yeah i know i totally get it <laughs> what trends do you see in books like i guess how they're being written or subject matter or whatever maybe different genres or blending genres or whatever what what do you keep seeing and, and kind of think is like the next cool thing or new thing um well one thing that i feel like i've noticed a lot of um it is kind of like a rise in like the rom-com mm-hmm. genre mm-hmm. um and then also like fairy tale retellings um, so Ooh. taking like an old story and then twisting the characters a little bit or mm-hmm. taking that well-known fairy tale from the point of view of like someone that you wouldn't have thought of in that Mm -hmm. um but that's something that i think i see a lot of and then having to see like they're like there's a growing interest in it too that's fun we've been seeing more like interactive books yeah it's like that like choose your own story kind of thing or kind of coming back (laughs) that was so fun yeah well good like all my all my fun like childhood and you know early 20 hood (laughs) books are coming back in style good and I, we kind of touched on this, but what what genre is the best seller in your store? I think we probably do a lot of mystery mm-hmm. or yeah. mystery slash murder. Yes, yeah, mystery slash murder. Slash Everybody horror, wants kinda, right yeah. in there, yeah. wants the murder. Well, yeah. that's fine. I don't know. Keep me in business. That's fine. Does I mean does that surprise you at all? You know, I mean, true crime is so popular yeah. on yeah. TV. So yeah, I mean, and podcasts and everything. Yeah. Like it's it's so huge that yeah. I think Makes you sense. see that a lot in the. In reading too, like anytime we we get a new book in or a new book is released that has something with like true crime story or, mm-hmm. or something like that, it usually sells pretty quick. Okay. So what's what's the biggest book of the year so far, or is there is there just one? Um, I think. Well, for our store, I know like a big book for us has been um, the Seven and a Half Deaths of okay. Ellen Hardcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kane's Jawbone, which is another uh, mystery, but that's a really cool one. Um, because in that one, it's a book that was published, like, I want to say, like, in the 20s or 30s. And oh, then wow. they brought it back. But you have 10 characters and 100 pages, and the pages are all printed out of order. So the first page that you read isn't oh. necessarily the first thing that happens. So you have to go through and piece oh, it together. Okay. And I think like only three people have solved it <laughs> the oh, wow. entire time, which is kind yes. of neat. I love books like that where you kind of have to go backwards. There's a Megan Miranda yeah. book that I've read, and I can't think of the title at the moment. But it's told you, I think you you see the near the end, like almost the end, like day 11 or something, and mm. then it starts going backwards, and then you have to like... Keep oh, going. Cool. I loved it because yeah. it was. It's like, wait, what did they say? I gotta go back. <laughs> wait. Yeah. So, oh, that sounds like fun. So, it did they update it? Is that one? 
I think it, they just brought it back into into print. I don't know if it, I don't know if they changed the story okay. at all, but yeah. okay, that, that's, add that to my pile. Good grief, <laughs> I'm never getting out of here. <laughs> okay, so outside of your work and each other and your dogs, <laughs> yeah. what is your biggest passion? What do you do when you're not here? Uh, I feel Sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rest and laundry and the yeah. Um I feel like I have a lot of different things that I like to do. Uh, you know, jack of all trades, and not mm-hmm. really wouldn't say that I'm a master of any of them, but I'm kind of But I do like, uh, I always like to bake and uh, uh, printmaking, like with the uh, mm-hmm. carving tools. I always like doing that too. Okay. And, yeah. Right. And I'm big into art. Art, yeah. That's yeah. My, that's I figured that would be your answer. Yeah, that's my whole career. So usually <laughs> painting or mm-hmm. drawing or I do a lot of woodworking and stuff like that too. Okay. So. A combination of all. Yeah. yeah a little bit, little bit of everything. Yeah, and, and Blue Stocking Social is not just books. They have an amazing art section. And it, you had tutorials about the... the we did, yeah. The um, printmaking, printmaking class. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I taught uh, a printmaking, uh, virtual printmaking class over the summer. Was that over the summer? Uh, I think it was I think last so. October. Or October, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had that. We actually have a, a watercolor class coming up, I think, next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. Uh, oh, nice. That's going to be here in store, actually. The, Are you teaching that? Uh, I'm not teaching that nice. one, actually. We have a, a local watercolor artist coming in and teaching that one. Nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. okay, here you go. Here's the silly mm-hmm. question. What would be <laughs> the title of the book written about you? And you can choose whether it would be written by your worst enemy or written by the person who knows you best. So you're kind of telling on yourself. <laughs> I've thought about this yeah. several times throughout my life. Um, I feel like one for me would be, do you get it? Because I tell a lot of dad jokes and I usually end up with just being like, do you get it? Nice, get nice, it? okay. Do you get it? I always like yeah. the dad jokes. Either that or uh, there was one I had. I thought of earlier that was uh, uh, beards, books, and bowling. Yeah. Because that's pretty much how you would sell you. summarize me. <laughs> <All right. laughs> beards, nice. books, and bowling. The story of Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt <laughs> Fitzpatrick yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> Untitled would probably be actually really, really okay, appropriate. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't come up with a title. How's that? What we always like to do, and I had to change a lot of these lightning round questions yeah. because they were like, what is the your favorite part of being over 40? So I didn't, <laughs> you know, didn't put that in there. That's okay. Um, so we are going to start and just like say whatever comes to mind. It doesn't have to be a, a good answer, just an answer. Um, all right. What is your favorite guilty pleasure? Matt? Uh, boys to men. Nice. <laughs> Any Oreo ice cream blended drink or snack Ooh, or treat. Okay. Favorite childhood book? Stuart Little. A book called Yoko by Rosemary Wells. It's about a cat. <laughs> I think we've already touched on this. Favorite book now? Uh, the Martian. For okay. Me. Um, I'm going to say Hollow Kingdom by Kira Jane Buxton. Okay. Favorite reading spot at home? Uh, the couch in our living room. We have a window seat in our living room that I like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's perfect. Reading, uh, favorite reading spot away from home? Um, probably my desk in my classroom or the chair I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> okay, all right. This is where I usually read. <laughs> in the store. Yeah. yeah. Um, my parents have a pool, and I like to read out by that pool. Very nice. Uh, favorite bookstore that's not your own? I'm assuming that when 
you go on vacation. Yeah. You go to bookstores because that's what yeah. I do. Really many. Is <laughs> I you know go to coffee stores and then decide what the hell they're doing wrong. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband is like, not again. <laughs> if I hear one more word about a brand of syrup, I'm gonna lose my mind. So okay. We're, we're usually the opposite. That we're like, what are we doing wrong? What are they doing right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for me, we've been to a lot now since mm-hmm. we will be open. It'll be two years in August, yeah. um, and we've gone to a lot of different bookstores. So I think, to me, the most memorable ones were uh, Parnassus in, in Nashville is incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, really cool. And then Harriet's in Philadelphia was, that one's just like an experience to go there because it's, mm-hmm. it's so well curated that there's only like maybe 20 different titles <laughs> yeah. in the entire store. Oh. Um, but it's like an experience as you go through the store. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I think those two probably stick out the most to me. Yeah, and I really liked uh, the bookshop in Nashville. It's mm-hmm. they're probably have half the space that we do, and probably close to twice as many books. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. But well, Nashville then is good for books and coffee. Yeah, yeah. that's where my favorite coffee houses are there. Yeah. So and Indy, Indy's pretty good. Okay. But I, yeah. Morgan Morgan Sterner. Morgan Sterner. Oh, Morgan Sterns. Yeah, in, uh, in Bloomington. Bloomington. That's a really that's good a cool one too. too. All right. Favorite fictional villain? I didn't. I, I was gonna say hero or heroine, but that's boring. I want to hear about the villains. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. and I said Professor Umbridge. Oh, and yeah. Annie made fun of me. Oh, that's <laughs> your favorite. She's <laughs> like, you just hate her so much, and I was like, yeah, but I get what you say. I don't know if you mean like lovable villain or if it's oh, like that's no. the worst villain I can imagine. Yeah, She's yeah. Awful. It it can be as sick as you like. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, following that, but not quite as despicable, is the Count Olaf in the series of Unfortunate Events. That oh, yeah. Even as a kid reading that, I would get so frustrated that people like, would not see that that was clearly Count Olaf. Clearly, <laughs> yes. Come on, guys. It's so, it's so <laughs> obvious. All right, so last one is Dream Vacation. Uh, yeah. For me, it's probably Italy. Yeah, Italy. Yeah. All right. Now, have you been there, or that, that's no. your that's your dream of the future? Yeah. We were actually supposed to go. Uh, for our, oh, no. Kind of our honeymoon. Yeah, um, we got married in 2020. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, so married in 2020, opened the bookstore in 2020. Yeah, and, okay. yeah we got married in, in February of 2020. Oh, so you just got it in just under the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we basically... So we got married, went on our honeymoon in Austin, Texas, came yeah. back. I taught for, like, a week, maybe two, and then school shut down for the rest of the year, oh, and then Annie... Okay came home from her work and then we mm-hmm. decided to open a bookstore <laughs> wow okay well yeah. definitely a whirlwind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so where can listeners learn more about blue stocking social online uh we have a website bluestockingsocial.com and we're also on uh facebook and instagram and they do a really great job facebook and instagram they're very up to date. You you get an update every day. Unlike some people who <laughs> are not good at that. We try and stay on, uh, and it's, yes. it's a lot of pictures of of Huxley and Eleanor or dogs. Oh yeah, and, it's great, and and so many good like book recommendations. Honestly, and um, oh, a couple things I didn't touch on that they do really cool in the store that like not everybody does is for one thing I'm like looking at the mystery <laughs> reading section and a lot of times they you do a, a thing with you and honeymoon like oh yeah get 15% off uh, either your book or your latte yeah. when you buy the other and you know show your receipt upstairs so there's that 
that, that you guys do every once in a while. And then, but mystery read is so fun because they'll take, and I'm going to walk over here and get one right now. Um, so the mystery read is, oh, this is nice. I'm going to talk about this one. Her father's sex dolls, her husband's brain microchip, and his dolphins. I'm going to have to buy this as well. Okay. And, and the best part about these mystery read recommendations is that they will take a hideous review from Amazon, which is, you know, was the bane of my life, yeah. the beginning of my writing career, and now I read them just to laugh. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and know that's what, what you, you have, have done here. But Amazon says, someone on Amazon says, one star, pathetic characters with no redeeming value. You ask yourself, why care for these? <laughs> So, yes, very nicely, not so grammatical. Yeah. And that's and, all you get to, and that's, to decide if you want to read it That's all you get not. to decide if you want to. Well, her father's sex dolls. I mean, why would you not? That's all you need to know. Yes. Yeah. And, a, well, and brain microchip and dolphins are just, you know, icing on the cake. And I think that's another thing that we both have been surprised that we had that idea when we first opened the, the store um, to do kind of like our take on it of the of like the mystery reads and we really enjoy writing them mm-hmm. like we write all the the vague descriptions mm-hmm. um and we really enjoy that and yeah. looking so up you've the read one these? oh yeah yeah they're all oh, books we recommend yeah. nice, and books nice, we've nice. read this is a book that i read last year and really really liked yeah. okay well i mean you know right there that's but we've just book. been surprised by how much they've like taken yeah. off that like yeah. even from the very beginning when we first put them out that there's been several people that have like they just come and get mystery come reads and get and mystery stuff reads like okay yeah i can i can see where that would be a thing to do, a fun thing to do all the time. And so, you know, th- there's books, there's art supplies. They've got some really cool stickers. We I love stickers. their stickers. <laughs> yeah. You've got stuff by local Hat and Rabbit, yeah. which yeah. is like embroidery and um, yeah, she's like got, wearable stuff yeah. and like tea towels and, and bags and stuff like that. Th- those are very cool. And then you have an artist of the month mm-hmm. as well. So um, right now there's some very cool like owls I'm seeing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. it's Aaron Hunter is our artist this month. Um, he does it's all paper, so he hand cuts out paper or rips it and mm-hmm. then makes like little collages and like uh, positive sayings and things like that out of paper. Well, the owls are absolutely adorable. I, I love them. They are. It's not just a bookstore. It's it's a whole lot of stuff, and it's a fun experience just to come in and talk with you guys and pet your dogs and get doggy <laughs> lovin's. This this guy passed out. Yeah, I guess we bored him. Asleep. You might get some snoring <laughs> on this train. <laughs> So your next ev- your next event I was uh, I was going to ask you about when's your next event is the um, the class on uh, the watercolor what? class I yeah. believe is our next okay. one and mm-hmm. then the week after that is actually Independent Bookstore Day which yeah. is our, oh, nice. probably our biggest event of the year. Yeah. But, um, okay. There's a lot of like new titles that get released on that day and okay. um, we'll have like giveaways and and different things like that yeah. throughout the entire day that it's usually a, it's a good time to stop in if you've never yeah. been before. Nice. And is that the 23rd or the 30th? It's the, the 30th. 30th. The 30th. Okay, mm-hmm. so the 30th big celebration here and it's um what's your time open? We'll open at 9. Open at 9. Mm-hmm. Okay. 9 to 9 to 5, I think. 9 to 5, 9 yeah. to 5 Saturday, April 30th. So yeah, we'll definitely get this out before that day so thank you guys so much for yeah, having me thank here you. And, for cool. and talking with me and all right we'll have you back again sometime thank yeah. you yeah, we'd love to yeah i had a great time at blue stocking social talking to annie and matt anything you can purchase in their store is available online and they are very graciously offering a special 15 percent off discount 
just for Wrong Side of 40 listeners. Use code WRONGSIDE OF 40 for your online purchases at bluestockingsocial.com or mention the podcast in store. The Wrong Side of 40 discount code is good through April 26th. The following is an excerpt from my latest novel, Dead Sprint, third in the Ellie Matthews novel series, which follows criminalist Ellie Matthews, her partner, Detective Nick Baxter, and the Hamilton County, Indiana Sheriff's Department as they investigate major crimes. In Dead Sprint, the task force is investigating the murder of a friend of FBI agent Vic Minetti, who Ellie is currently dating. The scene involves Ellie, Detective Baxter, Detective Sterling, and the district attorney. D.A. McAllister wheeled on Detective Sterling. Are you sure about this suspect of yours? There's not enough evidence yet to arraign him. You've only got 72 hours to make something stick before we have to cut him loose. Sterling replied, We're waiting on a warrant to search his apartment. I'm hoping to find the victim's clothing there, or at least something of his with her blood on it. That'll be all we need to put this guy away. The DA frowned. Find something, because I don't want a repeat of last time. Baxter clenched his jaw. There won't be a repeat of last time. D.A. McAllister turned his attention to me. Speaking of evidence, why is it that there wasn't more evidence collected for this case? Did you go over the whole scene, or was it too chilly for you to stay out there for long enough to do a thorough job? Sterling, of course, thought it was hilarious that the D.A. had turned his wrath onto me and had to cover up a smile. Baxter watched with a frown. I took a moment to settle myself before replying, Yes, we went over the entire scene as we would with any investigation. There was no evidence to be found. The victim was stripped naked, so there's no clothing for us to process. The body was outside in the elements for the better part of 12 hours, so finding trace was pretty much out the window. We found the murder weapon, the victim's cell, and I took samples of the two areas where she shed blood. There was nothing else there to collect. You'd better find me some prints on that murder weapon, then. Whether or not the killer left behind viable fingerprints is not something I can control. If he did, we'll find them. The DA barked. Well, do something, because I've even got the FBI breathing down my neck with this one. Evidently, this girl was some agent's old flame, and he's hell-bent on making sure her abusive new boyfriend's ass is nailed to the wall. My stomach felt like it was free-falling. Who called you from the FBI? Minetti the agent who worked with us on the Eye for an Eye Killer Task Force. He said one of his agents is all hopped up about this homicide. He ordered his help and said he wanted to be kept in the loop. Baxter's frown had deepened, as had Sterling's smirk. I couldn't look at either of them. I need to make a call, I muttered as I hurried toward the door. Outside, around the corner of the building, I dialed Vic's number. I didn't expect him to answer, so I was mentally rehearsing the speech I planned to leave on his voicemail. Minetti, he said. Taken by surprise, I hesitated, but only for a moment. Did you use your FBI influence and lie to the Hamilton County District Attorney in order to gain confidential police information for personal reasons? He growled. I deserved a briefing on that case, and both you and your friend the sheriff refused to give it to him. So you pulled a good old boy with the DA. I want Shauna's killer behind bars today, and I'll do whatever I need to do to make that happen including making accusations based on jealousy and personal bias, evidently. When were you going to tell me you and Shauna used to be a thing? He huffed out a breath. I didn't want to cloud your head while you were processing the scene. Oh. And I'm not jealous of her idiot murder boyfriend. I was glad he wasn't there to see me roll my eyes. Clearly. His tone got defensive. I'm allowed to have had a life before dating you. 
My jaw dropped. You think I'm mad because I don't like it that you used to date Shauna? I don't care about that. I'm mad because you're meddling with my job. He was silent for a moment. I'm sorry. I only want to get Shauna the justice she deserves. I do too, Vic. So does everyone on this case. You know us. You've worked with us. Why don't you trust us to do this? I... Look, Ellie, I think we should talk about this in person. Well, I'm kind of tied up right now. I don't know how long I'll be. Call me when you get done, day or night. Okay. I ended the call, less angry, but still disappointed that Vic had gone around Jane and hassled the DA. He normally wasn't like that. I trudged over to Baxter's SUV and got in the passenger side. He had it warmed up, a welcome feeling after my chilly phone call. After we'd driven a few blocks, he asked, You doing okay? I didn't think it was fair to speak to Baxter about my relationship issues with Vic. I'm good. I'm starving, though. What are the odds you'd be willing to stop already way ahead of you, he said, turning into the nearest fast food restaurant and pulling in through the drive through lane? You want your usual? No fries this time. He feigned shock. Ellie Matthews is passing on junk food during an investigation? Has hell frozen over? Very nearly. If you must know, I'm trying to be healthier all around. Between all the alcohol I drank and then the chocolate I used to replace the alcohol, I put on a little extra holiday weight. Fries are a no-go for now. That is, unless things get super stressful. Then I'll reevaluate my priorities. Fair enough. After getting our orders, we gobbled down most of our food on the way to the station. There was no time to waste during the first 48 hours of an investigation, and that included time spent eating and sleeping. Once the pre-autopsy meeting at the morgue concluded, the next item on the agenda was always a meeting with the sheriff to go over the next steps for the investigation. Baxter and I headed for the conference room once we got to the station. Sterling was already there, staring at the crime scene photos and paperwork scattered on the table in front of him. You two get lost on the way back, he asked, not looking up from the port he was reading. We stopped for food, Baxter replied. Matthews finds out there's trouble in paradise and immediately goes on a dinner date with another guy. He shook his head. I wouldn't get caught up in that hot mess if I were you, Nicky. Baxter opened his mouth to let Sterling have it, but I jumped in before he could speak. First, none of this is your business. And second, I drew a blank, so I said the first thing that came to mind. Go to hell. Sterling laughed, but at least he shut up. A few moments later, Amanda Carmack, the other criminalist on our team, and Sheriff Jane Walsh entered the room and sat down. The sheriff said, What have you all got for me? Sterling went first. The suspect, Skylar Marks, is in holding. Baxter and I spoke with him around noon, but he wasn't too responsive. We're letting him sleep off his bender, so he should be ready for a full investigation shortly. We've got a warrant to search his apartment for the clothing Shauna Meehan was wearing at the time of her death and for any clothing or personal items of his that might have had her blood on them. Good. Amanda and Ellie, a forensic report? Amanda's eyes were trained on the table. She seemed embarrassed. While Ellie was at the coroner's office, I processed the murder weapon. I looked at it under a magnifier and with an alternate light source first, but could find no discernible fingerprints. I swabbed what I thought might have been a smudged partial and sent it to DNA. She looked at me, her expression defeated. I treated the wooden handles with oil red O like we discussed, which should have reacted to the lipids in any latent prints. Nothing showed up except a few smudges. The phone was the same. I found two usable prints, but they were both Shauna Meehan's. I've got nothing. I'm sorry. I said to her, we didn't expect to find much, especially since both of those items sat in the snow all night. Don't beat yourself up. She gave me a half-hearted smile, but I knew she was still upset. Jane said, Ellie's right. Sometimes the evidence doesn't cooperate. We manage. Detective Baxter, can you bring us up to speed on what you learned at the morgue? 
Baxter replied, not a lot of new developments there. Dr. Berg thinks the sharp force trauma to the victim's kneecap caused her to become incapacitated so the killer could strangle her with the garrote. She has some defensive bruising, a broken finger, and some broken nails. He's going to do a rape kit at autopsy, which is tomorrow morning at 10. I'm attending. Did D.A. McAllister have anything to add? Baxter shifted in his seat. Well, he mentioned that Agent Manetti had called him to offer his services and to request to be looped in on our investigation. The sheriff flicked an irritated glance in my direction. And I suppose Wade was happy to oblige. He seemed to have hit it off with Manetti after the investigation last time. Baxter nodded. It sounded like the DA didn't mind sharing. Sterling chuckled. Yeah, he shared the fact that Manetti used to sleep with the victim and has quite a vendetta against the new boyfriend. Amanda's eyes grew wide. I fumed silently. Jane shook her head. This is getting personal. That said, Ellie, I think it would be best if you bowed out of the investigation. My jaw dropped. What? Me? I didn't sleep with her. She replied, but you're seeing the victim's ex, who's trying his damnedest to squeeze information out of us. It's pressure you don't need. I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to randomly blurt something out to him. I know, but you understand how it looks. You're done. Go. I stared at Jane, barely able to process what was happening. What about my second examination of the evidence to back up Amanda? I'll call Beck in to do that. If Amanda hadn't been able to find any fingerprints on our evidence, there was no way in hell Beck would be of any help. Beck Durant, the lead criminalist, was a waste of oxygen. The only reason he still had a job here was because his mommy was one of the county court judges with friends in high places. Once Jane made up her mind, there was no changing it. I stood and grabbed my purse. Okay, see you guys. I left the room and marched down the hallway with my head held as high as I could manage. I'd never been pulled off a case like this before. As I got to the front door of the station, I realized I couldn't even get home. I could walk, seeing as how home wasn't too far, but I was exhausted. I arranged for an Uber and stood at the door waiting. I didn't mean to get you kicked off the case. I turned to find Baxter standing behind me. I know, but he sure as hell meant to throw Vic under the bus. Need a ride home, he offered. I'm Ubering. Let me take you home. You've done enough. His expression darkened. He held up his hands and backed away from me. See you around then. Will the team catch the killer? Will Vic and Ellie's relationship survive the investigation? Get your copy of Dead Sprint and find out. Dead Sprint is available as an ebook and in print on Amazon and in print at Blue Stocking Social. And while you're at it, pick up books one and two in the series, Bitter Past, and An Eye for an Eye. Don't Call Me Boomer is a segment dedicated to helping those of us on the wrong side of 40 relate better to those on the right side of 40. And making for damn sure we never get called Boomer again. And I've got my son, Will, here again. Say hi, Will. How's it going, guys? Uh, well, remind us who you are and like where you're from. Yeah, so I'm that. actually my mother's son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go to College of Butler University. I'm a journalism major this semester, uh, finally. So I... Uh, recording this year i'm helping my mom out with some uh the the finer parts of the internet maybe for some of the older <laughs> folk out there how's it going guys <laughs> so yes today we are going to discuss um how well as older folk that we are how we can better understand why in the world uh for example some uh singer artists type people musicians 
they don't capitalize the first word in their song. Like, yeah, this came up like, in the car today. We saw, well, it was some Billy Eilish song or something or other. Yes, that was... and none of it was capitalized. Everything was lowercase. And as an author who, you know, I, I kind of live and die by English and capitalization and grammar and things like that, like, it irks me because, you know, your title, you have to capitalize nearly every word, and then also you have to know what words not to capitalize, like, you know, the, the, sm- the a, small words, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever. But it upsets me when I see song titles that are not capitalized. But it is a thing, and Will is here to tell us why it is a thing. Well, my theory, I, obviously I don't know because I'm not a singer-songwriter and I can't sing, but uh, the like people will purposely go into their phone settings and turn off like the auto caps at the start of their sentences. So like you'll start a sentence and like your like eyes will be not 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 auto capitalized like it's not going to do that for you it won't make the first word of your sentences capital so you'll just have all lowercase letters all across and i've known that people i've known people to do it like my girlfriend does it where it's more like chill to not have the capital letters which i don't get it doesn't make sense to me but like in that it kind of gives each person like a unique voice i guess to where it's like you can kind of hear them saying it and it's like i could you can just when i meet someone i can tell if they have it off or not just because like the there's a certain kind of like person who will have it on and a certain kind of person who will have it off. Like a certain chill vibe that the person just kind of exudes. Yeah, it really depends. It does. It does. Okay. So what we thought we would do is to kind of give out some famous people's names so everybody would know who we're talking about instead of just talking about people we know because that would just be kind of silly and nobody would understand. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Pro tip, everyone who is probably listening, I'm advising you to not turn auto caps off because that... Because that's... you're old. Because we're old. Yeah, <laughs> and we're yeah, not. Deal with it. <laughs> we're we're not we're not of that cool chill vibe. That it's not about that. It's just that it's gonna look weird on a. It'll definitely look weird and like and... I know you're just posting photos of your dog online on Facebook, and I know it's just gonna be lowercase. Oh, she's so cute versus capital. I mean, it's just it. Right. Just, just just don't do it. Just follow the rules of grammar on your social media, and you should be fine. Yeah, no so, one will get you. Right. So okay, so we're gonna throw out a few names of of people that we might know. That let's see whether or not. He thinks they would they would do that. Okay, so let's just do like a baseline, like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, auto caps on. Okay, because he's a serious. No. Quote, quote unquote. <laughs> I, no, I mean no. He's yeah. But he's just like a fairly normal dude. Yeah, he he would just send like a text that's like going to pick up the kids, and it would have a capital G. Yes. Okay, so uh, like as we said before, Billie Eilish. Definitely lowercase. She just seems uh, maybe because just because she's younger. Maybe there's like a break point of age where it's like. That's true. Okay, so um, when I think of younger, I think of Britney Spears. She's younger than me, but she is 40 now, y'all. She is on our side of 40, the wrong side. If she was that, if she was like the age at like the height of her career now, she would have it off, but her actual self right now, she probably has it on. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's good. Okay. She, she would have had auto caps off if she was that age now. All right, let's do another one. Let's do, um, let's see. Well, let's do uh, Ariana Grande. Definitely off. Okay. I mean, she's just more in the pop realm. I feel like it's more of a, you know. Okay. Okay, so let's also do, let's say Kim Kardashian. I think that's a tough one. I would say on only because she strikes me as more like, like, like she has like mom vibes. That's true. She is a little bit more entrepreneurial than you know, like 
performer. Yeah, something about her is just more like these days, at least. Like she, more yeah, more more professionalism (laughs) now as opposed to previously. And in the beginning, where she was, as Joel McHale would put it, a big butt in a sex tape. For example. Yes, for example. But yes, okay, so we think Kim would have it on now, whereas maybe before she wouldn't have it on. No, I think before she still would have. She seems like someone who would just have it on and just be like, oh, you can change that? And just like have no... (laughs) Nothing against Kim. Uh, let's see. So let's, let's take another person. Um, let's say yeah, Kim, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, totally. If you're listening right now, <laughs> I don't think Kim is listening right now, but that's okay. All right. Let's say Robert Downey Jr. On he, he's more like in the professional space as well. Okay. So maybe we... it's like for a breakdown of professionalism. It's like, I'm, I'm going to subvert this rule. Okay. So we say, so he's Iron Man. Let's say Spider-Man, his protege, Tom Holland on or off. Tom Holland or Peter Parker from the from let's do both. Okay, Tom Holland uh, definitely on because on his Instagram he has it on, and Peter Parker would also have it on both because in the movies he has it on, and he seems like like very technical. (laughs) No, he seems like a geeky science kid. I just don't feel like he would. Well, I suppose that's he he wouldn't bother with that. Okay, so do you have any any ones that you're like, oh, they totally have an honor off? Oh, let me think. Um, Well, let's just say Joel McHale. Definitely on again. Again, his Instagram, he has it on. But no, he okay. he's more like a dad. Like I said, it's more like yes. moderately professional. And Joel, you know? if you're listening, because you're on the wrong side of forty as well, we definitely love you. Don't call him out like that. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> All right, any more? Okay, Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny, our other favorite show. On, but he would accidentally turn it off <laughs> and then have it stuck that way, and then it, yeah, purposely to be funny. Probably. No, on accident, and then he would never turn it off because he would not know. Frank or Danny DeVito? Okay, yeah. Frank, on until he accidentally turns it off. Danny DeVito permanently on. Okay, I agree. <laughs> All right. And with that, our segment is over. Yeah, and do not turn off auto caps, please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you love the show, please show us some love. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review Wrong Side of 40 wherever you get your podcasts. Next week's guests will be Nicole Kristoff talking writing craft and Jennifer Vinson returns with some professional photography tips for us amateurs. Come back next week to hang out with me on the wrong side of 40. To get more information on the topics we discussed today, including product links and discount codes, visit carolinefarding.com slash wrongside of 40. That's carolinefarding.com slash wrongside of 40. For behind-the-scenes photos and videos, follow at WrongSide of 40 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, you awesome Gen Xers.